The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Convos Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. On today's episode, we have Alec Merlino. He lives here in San Diego in Carlsbad. I met him at a run club a while back, but he has a super interesting story. He's a man of many talents, I will say. He does Ironmans, half Ironmans. He's also a full-time content creator, and you guys, his content is absolutely top tier. Like, his production quality, I can't even, we kind of talk about it in the episode, like, it's just, it's 10 million times better than mine, I will say. He was on, I think, season 37 of Survivor, and was also on the TV show White Lotus. He's an awesome guy, and I just wanted him on the podcast to share a little bit about himself, so I hope you guys enjoy it. Really? Yeah, I do a lot because they make me kind of nervous, you know. Why do they make you nervous? I don't know because it's like, what kind of questions you got over there? (laughs) (laughs) They're not that juicy, but I guess we could make it juicy. Yeah. So what's the first one? Intro. No. Oh, intro. (laughs) Yeah. Well, Alex, welcome to the podcast. I'm excited to have you on. Um, Yeah, I'm already nervous. You're a man. Why are you nervous? (laughs) Why are you nervous? It's too much pressure. No, it's not. We're just having a conversation. Um, you're a man of men- many talents. Mm-hmm. So do you want to just give us like a rundown of who you are, what you're about to get started? This is, this is in person too for anyone listening. Yeah, this is in person. Yeah, and I intimate. never, yeah, I never do in-person podcasts really because no one lives near me. Yeah. And like, I don't have that budget to go fly places. I'm not like Joe Rogan, you know, and I'm not flying anyone in. But then I was like, no, I'm, we're doing it in person. You were like online. I'm like in person. Yeah. He really wanted yeah. to do it in person, which I appreciate. Yeah. I need it, like that tenacity to like get it yeah, done, yeah, you know, yeah. in person. And I do like face to face. Face to face is better. I feel like it is. Um, so intro, that's kind of hard. A little cliff notes version. Yeah. Of like from what to what I'll go like early twenties. Well, I can, I'll ask you about like your, um, your upbringing. <laughs> <laughs> Let's unpack some things. Just give like a summary of who you are. Okay, yeah, yeah. who I am. Uh, well, I live in Carlsbad, and I am a content creator in the health and wellness space, I would say. Primarily focusing on cycling right now, also a triathlete. And I work with companies like Whoop, Hyper Ice, Plunge, and OGO. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's a good summary. That's like a small little, you know. Yeah. We'll get into it. Don't yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll ask you the hard-hitting questions. Yeah. Um, you're a very good content creator. Honestly, like, you're way better than me. Like, you're, you're, you think? your quality is amazing. With everything that you do, you're, like, your reels, your YouTube videos, everything. Like, you, 
he even like brought this like little microphone here. I don't even, it's a D, <laughs> DJI. DJI and it's like the tiniest like little mic ever. And he was like, I was, I was recording my yesterday on my bike and I wanted to get the sounds of my bike shifting. And I was like, how do you even think of that? Like I, I literally am on my, and you want your, like you yeah. went to go record your breathing with this like little tiny mic, which is just crazy to me. Like the, the, I don't know, effort that you put into your stuff. Cause I feel bad because I don't do that at I all. Think, I literally have my iPhone. I think mine, like people have said that to me and sometimes I'm like, are you just being nice? No. Like companies that I work with would be like, oh, like, you know, we comb through a lot of content. Yeah. And we think yours is, they, I mean, really good. And I'm like, oh, thanks. But then I'm like, no, they're just, they're just saying that. Because when I look at my like page of stuff, it seems like just like a hodgepodge of, do you know what I mean? Like some people's just really polished and I look at theirs and I'm like, damn, dude, that's polished and nice. And then mine's kind of just like, you got plunge, you got like biking, try, it's like, a highlight video. It's just like, what is going on, bro? But you, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. You put too much, uh, pressure on myself. Yes. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Cause it's just funny. Cause I look at your page and I think it's polished. Really? Yeah. And your videos are just like really good quality. I think it flows together seamlessly well, of what your life is. I feel like it gives a good, uh, well-rounded approach to like what your life is. It's funny. Cause I feel like as like a quote content creator, you need to kind of have like, you know, when you look at people's page and they kind of have a theme, right? Yeah. It's like, they do, like I see a lot of people like, oh, come with me on a run. And it's always the same. And if they're getting ready and then they do breakfast and they do the run, they got little subtitles. And then you like scroll back and they've been doing it for years. Yeah. So, but then like, I see things like that and then I get inspired. So I'm like, oh, I want to add text to mine. But then like, I do it for like a week or two weeks and then I get over it and then I'm on to the next thing. So it's like so many different themes. Yeah. I feel like I just need to stick to one thing. But then I have too many things going on. Plunge, cycling, triathlon, working with this. So it's just like, what I've just like, whatever, surrendered to the fact that my stuff's not going to be. Yeah. I mean, my stuff will never look polished at all. And it is completely all over the place. Like you, you do have a theme. I have like, a theme, yeah. It's called craziness. No, it's not. I, feel like, it's, I mean, it's authentic though. It is authentic. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think. Yeah. Mine is way messier than yours, so... Wow. And it actually has no theme. It literally is just my life. Because I get lazy. Because I do think, like, a, a key to being successful is to, like, have one specific theme and go with it for years or whatever. But my life, I feel like my personality has changed so much over the years that I just, even when I first started, I just surrendered to the fact that my feed will never look, like, polished. Was it, didn't you start with, you you started with running. Because your, yeah. uh, your background's running. Yeah. Like, the Maya. Yeah. I started a YouTube, like, how I got started was I started a YouTube channel in college when I was running yeah. at Oregon. So I was doing like, uh, like student athlete vlogs. That's right. Yeah. But like right away, it was just funny. Like when I started my YouTube channel, I'm not as, I'm not a good at video editing or like anything. I just like YouTube and I like, I don't know. I, ha I think I have a good personality, yeah. I guess for you being do. on the internet. And I feel like, yeah, when I just started my channel, it was literally, I just filmed on my iPhone and I edited on iMovie and like put like cringy little music over it. <laughs> um, and like the title things that like, <laughs> like title cards that like transition yeah the transition title like cards no that literally is what it was um but yeah like right from the start I even told my YouTube channel I was like this is not a running tips channel like this is like literally just my life because I just knew right away I was like I'm just never gonna be like a I'm never gonna offer like running tips it's literally like my social media is just gonna be my life so do I feel you, like that's just how it's been do you feel pressure sometimes to stick to that that little 100 like, percent niche yeah like if you post anything else other than running you're like oh people aren't gonna resonate with this yeah 
I think I had like an epiphany in like 2021 or 2022, 2021 kind of, where I just, it was, it was like internal where I was like, I'm just not going to care anymore. Like, I'm not going to care. I'm not going to go train for something if I don't really want to train for it just to like, I don't know, get views or do anything. Like I, so then I feel like at that point I just started posting more of like my normal life. And then I became a lot happier when I just stopped like putting so much pressure on myself to stick to one thing rather just like. I don't know, document my whole life instead. No, because I watched some of your, uh, like, recent YouTube videos. This is maybe, like, a year and a half ago. Yeah. And I know it was, like, I'm posting again, but then you were going through this, like, existential, the running. Because I feel like, did running every day ruin it for you, kind of, when you were in college? It was just, uh, I don't know, I've been running for my whole life, so... And like running at Oregon was just like a lot of pressure. And I think. Let's unpack this. <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, I'm sure my podcast has heard so much about like, I mean, yeah, I've had a lot of existential crises over mm -hmm. the years just with my relationship with running because I was just so burnt out when I left college. Yeah. Um, just because I think it was my whole life. And I just kind of wanted, I don't know, when I left college, I, I knew that I wanted to be a more well-rounded person, but it was kind of hard to let go of like being a really elite athlete. Like, you know what it takes to be successful. Like you have to make a lot of sacrifices. Yeah. And I think I just had a hard time integrating into like a normal world, like a normal life, I guess. Um, Cause I knew also I didn't want to be like a professional runner. Like my goal, like I had accomplished all my running goals. So it was just like a weird time period where I like kind of had no purpose. And I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing and I don't have any other hobbies and I don't really have any other friends other than like people that were on my team and stuff. So it was just like a hard time period. And we were talking about this earlier, um, talking about like twenties, I don't know, early twenties and stuff. And you're about to turn 30. And I, I also think that my thirties are going to be better than my twenties. Cause I feel like my twenties was just a lot, at least like the first part of it was just a lot of me, like having existential crises about who I am as a person and like what I want out of life beyond running. But well, I was going to say, sometimes I, going back to what you said, I look at professional athletes, like triathletes, for example, because a lot of the times I think about, I'm like, who am I? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm doing this triathlon thing. And I think to myself, damn, if I was a professional going full blast, like I think it's especially when I'm cycling, this is like going to be kind of dark, but sometimes I think I'm like, damn, like what if I, what if this was taken from me? And this is like my whole identity is wrapped up into this one thing. And if I was, let's say, hit by a car and then I can't ride my bike anymore, which would be terrible. But then I think about the professional athlete. So kind of like you, where you're just like pouring so many hours and so much energy into this one thing. And then what, and then it's just like done. It's like, what do you do? That's why sometimes I have to like do like a little monthly check-in and be like okay like what am i pursuing what are my goals am i still on track for everything because one thing i've learned in my 20s is i don't allocate time to things that i don't thoroughly enjoy that's my new my new mo it's like you know, that's not to say like i think there's something good in doing things that suck like waking up at 6 a.m when other people aren't and going for a run instills good you know character but like for me with the triathlon thing, going to a pool four times a week and staring at the bottom of a, you know, the pool <laughs> and swimming for an hour, I'm like, dude, I don't like this. I'm wasting precious time 
doing this when I just feel like I really enjoy being on my bike in the mountains. Like, shouldn't I rather do that? So I don't know. It's interesting. Like having your almost like identity wrapped up into something. It's like, you have to, I, I asked him, like, why am I doing this? So I can get like some award and get called up. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but. No, you're not. That's what, that's what the podcast is for is to oh, go okay. off. I've, all I've done is for the last 10 minutes to talk about myself and you're, this was the your episode. So. Well, yeah, we were talking about the twenties. I, I'm excited to be 30 because I feel like when they say, oh, your twenties are for growth and they're for dating and they're for this and that. And then you kind of just like, yeah, 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 whatever, whatever. And then you actually get to 30 and like, I'm like, oh, I get like so many things are like clicking. I'm like, I get why they said that. And I get why I get how this all makes sense now. Because it's like you do like so much of my 20s were like doing things, not paying attention to maybe red flags and certain things and looking past it. And now that I'm 30, I'm like, like the biggest thing is time. I'm like only spending time doing things that I want to do with people that I want to be with and on things that I want to actually do so much more. Um, what's the word like intentional Yeah. with my time, which I think is really good. Yeah. And I guess it's taking, I mean, it's kind of sad. It's taking me this long to realize that, but, but it's, it's also like exciting. I like wake up every morning. I'm like, fuck. Yeah. I'm yeah. Like, I was talking with my buddy. We're like on, you know, the whoop thing and we're all, it's like, I go to bed at like 8.30 or 9. 8.30? I mean, I get in bed at 8.30 and I'll fall asleep by like 9.30 or 10, but I don't like sleeping because I'm too excited for the next day. I actually, that's a hot take because I also do not like sleeping. I, I hate it. it. It wastes so much time that yeah. I could be enjoying my life. Yeah. But that's a good thing. I, I feel like if you're, if you're at a point where you're like, I don't want to go to bed because I'm, and then my mind is just flowing with thoughts. Yeah. I'm thinking about videos or I'm thinking about something or and I just want to wake up and I just want to start doing it you know what I mean yeah so I, I think that's a, I think that's a good place to be <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um okay let's take it a little bit backwards in your life I'm curious how you even got into like endurance sports was it like something that you did growing up or did you a lot of people find it like later yeah it's really weird okay if I'm being completely honest I think what really happened is when I, I think I've talked about this before, but I had a girlfriend, we broke up and then like, I literally remember it clear as day. I went home and for whatever reason, I posted an Instagram story saying I was going to do 5k a day for 30 days, a challenge. But the weird thing is I had never really ran at all before. I had done the occasional, you know, social run here or there. But like, I didn't even know what 5k was. Why didn't I just say three miles? You know, 5k is kind of technical. Well, that's because like the general population, people know what a 5k is, yeah. you know, but they say for, three miles. But I swear, I something must have come over me and it was like, you know, and I just posted that. I think I just needed, you know, when you go through something, you, you need something to give you a spark. I think that's what, like, I mean, every time, not that I, I haven't had that many breakups, but anytime that I have, it's all, I always throw myself into endurance exercise, always. So if I see you like training for a triathlon, I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, Yo, what's going on? Yeah, like kind of, kind of. I mean, I think it's a healthy coping mechanism, you know? Yeah, <clears throat> but... Wait, when was this? This was, gosh, I want to... It was like three and a half years ago. Okay. So, started running, and then, of course, uh, you know, with my ego, I had to post it. 
you know, had to, because I couldn't just do it. Yeah. I had to post it. But also it's like an accountability mechanism yeah. for me. If I like put it out there, I, I feel like I have to stay. I've always done that with things, whether it's healthy or not. I just put it out there because I feel like it's okay. Now I'm accountable. Yeah. And then I did that for 30 days. And really when I look back, I was kind of just like unhealthy. I was like pudgy and just like I, mentally just a little like, you know, kind of all over the place. But then I, I just stuck with it. And then I kept running. And then I think when I do things, I almost just like become the thing, even though I know nothing about it. And I'm just all of a sudden I'm a runner, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, and then it, I mean, long story long, pretty much is, is I got so into it that I just kept doing it. And then I ended up quitting my job. I was doing technical recruiting. I was like, fuck this. I'm so over it. I'm bored and not happy. And even my manager came up to me. He's like, bro, you don't belong. Now, I don't think he meant, like, go off and run. I think he just meant, like, your personality. You shouldn't be, you know, here. Yeah. So then I kept running, and then I had a small following. I mean, it's still small. But something enough to be like, okay, I think I can quit and maybe work with brands and make money at this because I had a following from Survivor. Okay. So I kind of, like, leveraged that. And someone had So you went on Survivor before this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I went on Survivor in 2018. I got into running about a year and a half or two years later. Yeah. And then it's like, you know how it is, you know, and then you, you Google or you YouTube videos about running and then it's like, oh, what's a triathlon? Yeah. And then I just heard the word Iron Man from David Goggins. <laughs> and then I'm like, yeah, if he does it, <laughs> I'm doing it. So then it was an Iron Man. And I look back on, on stuff, Emma, and I'm telling you, it's pretty cringe. Like, I'm like, yeah, but that's like everyone's, but I, I see like, I saw like a story yesterday because I was going back to get old clips of my forerunner. I was making this video for a car and, and, uh, I saw this video of me on an old road bike connected to one of those like stationary trainers. Just like <laughs> pedaling as fast as I could. I'm like, dude, what? Am, why did I post this? What am I doing? Just like clueless. But then it's weird to think how much I've learned about it. Now. Well, that's what I like about content creation, especially like YouTube or any video stuff. Because then you can see, I don't know, it's just like a visual diary. Like you can go back and look, even though it is like kind of painful <laughs> like to go back yeah. and look. Like I'm not going back and watching my old videos all the time. Like it actually pains me. But it is cool just to see... Like how much you've developed over the, over the, however many years that you've been doing it. I hope that when I'm like 35 and I look back on the videos that I posted when I was 30 and 31, I still don't cringe at it. Yeah. Like I really do because there's videos I posted when I'm like 20, I'm like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like if same. I looked at someone posting those, I'd be like, what's going on? I mean, same, but I think that's everyone. Everyone yeah. just looks back and even if it isn't really cringe to like an outsider or whatever. Yeah. Maybe it's just. It's just, ourselves. yeah, it is. I think it is ourselves. The thing I wonder about is how long are these videos going to live on the internet? Like when we have kids, are they going to be able to watch them when they're teenagers? Like, oh, your dad, you know what I mean? When I'm like 50 or 60. I think about that too. They, I mean, surely they'll still be there. It's just a weird thing. But also it's kind of like cool. Like you said, it's a little like diary and something you can look back on, I guess. Yeah. And then your kids can look back and look at it when they are your age in the video and be like, yeah, that was, that was my dad. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> look at him on his yeah. stationary trainer and old road bike. Um, so when did you, you've done an Ironman then? 
Yeah. How many have you done? Just one? I've done seven. <laughs> yeah, seven of them. But they're not, but some halves, halves. And then I have one more full that I'm dreading that's coming up. Wait, so you've done seven fulls? Or... No, I've done one full in Texas. Okay. Uh, I got disqualified. I completed it. I got disqualified because I went off course. I got lost. <clears throat> but I still won. You got lost on purpose to cheat? Yeah, yeah it was totally, totally. <laughs> <laughs> Cut the whole course. Wait, that's so <laughs> Wait, unfortunate it, it, to, to get DQ'd. Such a bummer. That is a really big bummer. Yeah. Like, I got to the marathon and I was in seventh place. And uh, someone was following me. She's like, just keep keep running this pace and you're, you're going you're gonna to win your age group and qualify for Kona. Because that's what I wanted to do. Yeah. And then, like, it was so funny because it was a two-loop course. And on the second loop, I ran... Like you, it, there's like this little out and back mm -hmm. and I ran up it and I knew instantly I'm like, I haven't, I didn't come up here on the first <laughs> loop. So I missed it. But then I got lost again on the first. So like I still ran 26.2 miles, but as soon as I crossed the finish line, the race director came up. He's like, Allie. I'm like, yeah. He's like, Hey, I need you to uh, send me your Garmin file. And I was like, Oh, I was like, bro, I, I, I missed, you know, I actually went off course, most confusing run course. But anyways, yeah, so I, but I still, I mean, I completed a full Ironman. I did all the distances. Yeah. You know. Do and you then, feel like unsatisfied with that? No, I was so sad. My, it's funny, like other people that were with me, like are more invested. They're like, oh, it's, you know, it's so, it's this. And I'm like, dude, I don't care, bro. I really yeah. don't care about any of that stuff. Like Kona and like awards and I mean, there's, I don't know, like there's, I don't know why you know, I got banned from the Survivor Reunion too, and I got like 10K taken, and people were like so mad for me, but I was like, whatever. Wait, why'd you get banned? I posted this picture of my uh, ex-girlfriend and I, and it like someone had, had someone had screenshotted it and then submitted it to TMZ and made it look like I was basically saying F you to CBS NDA that we had signed. Ooh. Yeah, people might look this up, but but it wasn't the case. Yeah, there was someone from our cast that screenshotted it that was like salty, and so anyways, so then they called me. They're like, "Hey, you're not going to the reunion show, and then you get a ten thousand dollar appearance fee." And I was like, "Damn!" But then like, Jeez, I just, drama. I know, right? Drama. But the, but I don't know. Like like I always look back. I'm like, things have never really bugged me. You know, like yeah. being disqualified. I always feel like bad things that happen are, have always been a part of uh, what has shaped me. Yeah. Like I've applied to a lot of jobs and they've always said no. And I'm pretty, I'm kind of used to it at this point. Yeah. You know, that's why I don't have a, a job. Cause I feel like <laughs> they're, just gonna, they're just gonna be like, nah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like putting the whole resume and cover letter together. I'm like, I just don't have the, the corporate jobs. Yeah. So, but I kind of like that. I feel like it's, it's how you handle adversity says a lot about your character. I mean, I think it's a great trait to have. And a lot of people don't have it, but a lot of like the best athletes I feel like are like that. If you can brush off bad things happening happening to you or like bad races, I feel like that's one of the best traits that you can have. Have you um, had bad races? Many. And how do you handle it? Good, I think. <laughs> Good. Well, it's, it's also the same thing where it's like, I don't know. I've always kind of known that like running isn't everything. Like running yeah. isn't, it isn't, I don't know. The main goal should be to have fun in whatever you choose to do. Yeah. And so I feel like if you put too much pressure on yourself and then you're just like so beat up over one bad race, like, 
that's not fun. So also I've just been doing it for forever. So it's like, you're just going to have bad races. Yeah. I've been doing it forever. The amount of, I don't even know how many, I couldn't even guess how many running races I've done in my lifetime. I started when I was like eight. Are they shorter races? Cause it's the mile, right? Well, yeah. Well, when I was younger, I did like the mile and the two mile. Um, and then cross country, which is like, like the 5k usually. So, yeah. and then in college it was like, I ran 6k in cross country and then indoors which was during the winter was a mile and then outdoors was a 1500 which is 109 meters less than a mile. mile yeah you know it's interesting because sometimes you look at it and you say oh they don't care or you know a bad result doesn't affect someone so it's like therefore do they just not care yeah but i don't i don't know because it's especially like an iron man such a big like people train for a year yeah. and then they go do it and then so to be disqualified and just not care, it's like, well, do I just not care? It's like, and then you have other things like your races are probably quicker turnover and you can probably like tackle more in a, in a season yeah. than someone doing an Ironman. Yeah. So I guess I like understand when people get really like bummed out about bad results because maybe they only race four to five times a year versus I feel like if I saw someone who raced, who's like a miler, it's like, well, you can race like. 15 times in a year probably so yeah but there's, like, there's specific meets like if you're in college or whatever and you go to ncaa regionals and you oh. run poorly and then you don't make it to nationals like that's a big deal and that's like a one-time that's thing. a one-time thing okay and no, that's no. like i mean that happened to me every time i went to regionals basically in track it's like i don't know i would have some of them were okay or whatever but i just didn't have the race i needed to have on the day of regionals so i never qualified individually to track nationals um but it was like the same sort of thing where I would finish and it's like, that's like the biggest race kind of of the year. Like it's the most important yeah. to make it to NCAAs or whatever. Um, and it would be like, I would finish and especially like my last year running, cause I was just like in the best shape I've ever been in and I had the best chance of making it. Um, and it just like didn't go my way, but it wasn't like a terrible race, but it, I like, I remember walking off and like being disappointed, but I feel like I should have felt more disappointed than I did. Because it was, like, my last chance of making it to track nationals. And, like, I knew I was going to be running after college. Um, and it was, like, a huge goal that I had in college was to make it. And I don't know. It, it's the same sort of thing where it's, like, I kind of had a question. I was, like, do I really, like, care about this? <laughs> like, I do care. I obviously care because I put so much time into, like, running. Like, especially in college. Running was my entire life. I didn't care about school. I didn't care. About, I didn't have a social life. I didn't have friends outside the team. I went to bed at... 10 p.m. every single weekend, never went out, like, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I just, I never, I honestly think it made me a, kind of a little bit of a worse athlete because I don't think I was just competitive enough. Yeah. Like, I think that was it. Like, I just don't, I just valued having a good time and, like, trying my best more than I valued, like, winning, yeah. you know? Well, it's probably, like, a weight lifted off your shoulders, I'd imagine, too. Yeah. That last race. You're yeah, probably like, is. this is, I'm done. Like, no more. Like. Yeah, yes. But, I don't know. I, it's just, like, weird to think about because I just feel like I should have felt more upset than I did. It's crazy to think that, like, I would imagine 90% of, like, when you're at the top, top. Even, like, at, like you said, at regionals, it's so mindset. Yeah, Because you is. go out and you run at practice, you're like, dude, I feel good. And then you get to race day and it's, like, all this training for one little tiny race that decides my fate. Yeah. Like, it's like, sometimes you're like, dude, why can't we just take the average of three races? I know. You know, like on three different days. Like yeah. that's like really, and it's all mindset. Like, oh, that's gotta be tough. 
It is. I mean, it really is how you feel on the day mentally because like everyone's kind of in the same shape. There's people that like are shoe-ins, like you know that they're going to make it through. But there's like a lot of people like me who are like good and have a chance of making it or whatever. And it just, it's either like how the race plays out. Like if it plays out, the one that I did, it was like super, super slow. And then it was a kick finish. So it was like the first half we were going like five minute pace. And then the last That's 600. Slow. Yeah, when you when people are running under 440 for the mile, yeah. Um, so, but then the last lap was like a 62, which is like, that's cool. Yeah, it's quick. And like, I am more of a strength based miler where it's like, I'd rather just have it be like the same pace the whole time. Like I don't have the wheels, like I'm not a 400 runner. Like, so it's, it's mindset on the day. Like if you're confident enough, that really helps. And then it's also like the strategy of whatever happens like during the race, like how, I don't know if it's a tactical race or not. It's kind of weird, Yeah, but I watch them all on YouTube, like that. Really? Yeah, like Noah Lyles and yeah. the the Jakob Ingerbitson. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know the guy, but it's like every video is like Jakob does this, Jakob breaks this, Jakob. I'm like Jesus, bro. Like different ways. I'm like he's unbeatable. Yeah. And it's kind of it's pretty impressive. He's not unbeatable though. He got beat at Worlds. Oh, he did. Yeah, by the person that was on my podcast last week. No way. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah. Um. Damn. But it was like it was actually cool to watch because I kind of like. Like, he's just so dominant, and he just broke the... Two mile? Did he break the world record? Or is he close? Yeah. Maybe he's the... Yeah. He broke... Well, I don't know. Was it the mile world record? I don't know. I'm just saying, yeah. <laughs> I don't think he broke the... He was, like, the third fastest miler ever with the 343 mile or whatever. He's just, like... He's, like, super dominant or whatever, but he's not unbeatable. Um, So that was cool to watch, like, at Worlds. Because, yeah. like, you never know what's going to happen on the day. Um, And the dude, Josh Kerr, who was on my podcast last week, just had a better day than Jakob did. Why did I not? I need to go look that video. Yeah, up. go look it up. Interesting. It was pretty sick. Josh Kerr. Yeah. USA? Uh, Great Britain. But he lives in the US. Okay. Damn. I love talking to people that like don't know. Um, running? Running. It's like funny. <laughs> but like that's what is so crazy is like obviously you run so much and you are into endurance sports, but people just don't know professional track that much zero i know it's just like unfortunate and that's like a huge problem in our sport that people talk about all the time is like how to grow the sport and like make it make it more popular and like i don't know like professional track more popular more money for the pro athletes and stuff yeah but i don't really know what the solution is and i'm i'm like i'm not gonna be the one to figure it out well it's interesting because like when i watch it on youtube i'm usually eating a sandwich and i'm like you know it's like middle of the day and like I'm not just going to eat my sandwich and stare at the wall. Yeah. I'm going to, like, watch something. And so those are always, the algorithm always feeds me these track videos. Yeah. <clears throat> and they're, like, a mile or two miles. Right? Oh, this is perfect. Like, four to eight minutes. For me yeah. To, like, eat this sandwich and watch this video. But, like, even me, I can wrap my head around how hard this effort is. I can't even run a sub five mile, I don't think. Yeah. So for them to be running you know 343 it's just like and i think they had the miles per hour up there too it was like 26 or 27 but this is insane like if you're biking that fast that's quick i think that might be one of the main problems and i think feel like they try to tackle it with like simulations and stuff yeah on like race day like seeing how fast like elliot kipchoge's running the marathon or whatever yeah. like try to run as fast as he can but i don't think the general population can really grasp how um impressive the like someone running a 343 mile is like i just don't think that they are like people because like when you watch it it's not they don't look that fast because they're so comfortable running that fast yeah but it's just like i don't know just because i know the pain of what it feels like to run like i don't know a fast mile 
I just don't think people can like really get how difficult it is to achieve that. But so I think that's one of the main problems with. Yeah. Why is it not? Well, I don't like what's the stadium in Oregon called? Why am I driving? Hayward Field. Yeah. Like they have. Okay. So I've seen that place. My sister went to school there. And Really? Yeah. 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 Go Ducks. Yeah. And like in the videos, there's a huge audience. So people are obviously drawn to watch it. Yeah. But yeah. How do you make it more of a spectator sport? The thing is, it's like the race isn't the race until like the last hundred meters. Yeah, I know. Well, like the sprints, people will go watch the sprints or whatever because they're 10 seconds long, but no one's going to go sit and watch a 10K in the stadium. Like, and it's funny because you say Hayward is like, I don't know, packed, but it's, it's never sold out, really? which is funny. Yeah. Like Worlds was there last year and it was, I don't know, they sold like very minimal tickets, but I went to Worlds this year in Budapest um, and that stadium sold out and that stadium was huge so i think it's just different in different countries too like i feel like in europe it's just a tr like track is a lot bigger like the hungarian fans for like the hungarian athletes like i've never seen people cheer so loud for like people that they have no idea and they're not like the hungarian athletes weren't even really doing well yeah but like i don't know i think they just care about track more over there yeah it's interesting well that's how the tour de france is too in cycling yeah you see like millions well not billions but <laughs> like, like thousands of people that, you know, wake up early and they sit on a mountainside and wait for these riders to come up. Yeah. It's like, why are you so into it? And they're probably not even, I don't know, I guarantee you like half of them are even like cyclists themselves. Definitely not. Yeah. They're just at like, least yeah. over half. Yeah. I think, you know what it is too? I think it's kind of a party. They're like, yeah, I, I, yeah. they're like drinking and they have like, like these, like, I don't know, little like smoke bombs and they're just, anyways. Did you watch the, um, series on netflix about the tour de france yeah. do you like it yeah yeah i think that has really helped people get into cyclists cycling because sure. it's like funny i see people posting like people that are <laughs> not endurance athletes posting about um that like series and like those guys on their story and i'm just like i don't know i think it helps make cycling popular because honestly like i'm an endurance athlete and i don't follow cycling at all really yeah yeah, it's, you know, it's tough to get, I feel like with anything, though, it's tough to get into. Yeah. It's not main, because cycling's not really mainstream. No, it's not. It's kind of like a weird, you know, people yeah. that don't say, like, see, like, Well, endurance sports is not, it's not mainstream, yeah. necessarily. Like, no one's really following ultra runners. <laughs> That's true. Well, ultra running people do, but, like, the general population, it's not like football. Yeah. But I'm just, like, not a big sports person, so maybe that's it. It's like, I just don't really watch sports. No sports? No. No, like, mainstream sports. No, yeah, except for track, because my friends run. <laughs> so, oh, you still have friends that run? Yeah. Like that Josh guy? Well, that was my first time talking to him, so no. Oh. But, but like, my one of my roommates was an Olympian. Um, She runs for Nike. I have, like, a lot of friends that run for Nike. No way. Yeah. Wait, really? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah. So, are they, like, <laughs> Olympic, are they going to be in the 2024 Olympics? Some of them, yeah. See, that would be fun to watch. Yeah. Like, I want to go see the 2024 triathlon in Paris. Mm -hmm. My friend is racing in it. The triathlon? Yeah. Can you get us some ticks? I don't know. He's not that good of a friend. He's my, he's my teammate's boyfriend. Oh, okay. My old teammate's boyfriend, Morgan Pearson. See, you know is. <clears throat> I know this is a random thought, but like people that run for these companies like Nike, is there, is there life to just, like, is that what they do? They yeah. Just, Really? Mm hmm And they pay them? Yeah. Like a massive salary, probably. Not massive, but... But, like, good enough to just wake up and run every day. Yeah. 
But like their <laughs> life is like I don't even know how to explain it. Their See, life is, is running. Their Absolutely. life is running. Now going back to what I was saying earlier, and imagine if that imagine when they just stop. I know, and a lot of people have existential crises when they stop because then they also like I don't know, you're a professional runner until you're 32 or 35 or something, depending on if you go, like, do road racing, then you can do it for longer. But, like, once these people stop, they don't have work experience. So that's what's hard is, like, you might have to go get an entry-level job unless someone at the company that you ran for or something likes you enough to put you in a position. But a lot of people don't have that opportunity, so they have to go do, like, entry-level work, which is just brutal. Also, and, like, just doing – just going and working at a desk job in comparison to, like – being a professional athlete yeah is just i don't know going from like running in you know front of millions of people yeah getting medals and being like the center of attention to yeah all of a sudden like cut the scene boom now you're at a you know behind a desk which is like you know normal but it's like it's normal but it's just they the, can't wrap their head around it yeah it's the juxtaposition of the two careers i think yeah i don't know i just know a lot of people have a hard time with that and i would kind of wish that there was like more even just, like, with NCAA stuff, like, when you graduate or whatever, just more of a transition. Like, something that, like, helps you transition into, like, a normal life. I wonder if they offer, like, um, like, like therapy now for these college... I think they do. Students. I think Oregon started doing something like that. I don't know. They didn't have it when I was there. Not that I... I don't think I would have taken advantage of it. Because yeah. I think I was just too confident and thought I would be fine. Yeah, we're all like that, huh? Yeah. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. What is your, like, why? Like, why do you do endurance sports now? Um, you know, it's interesting. I made this little piece, or as my friend would call it, a spot in the filmmaking world. We were in Kauai, <clears throat> and um, there's this famous mountain, and you go, it's up Waimea Canyon. But it's, it's called a, an HC climb, so it's highest category. So in cycling, there's category one, two, three, four, and it's ranked, you know, on difficulty. But HC is like, you're like, what is this mountain? So it was 20 miles with 5,000, yeah, like 5,200 feet of vertical gain. So it's just a mile, basically, of vertical gain. Crazy. That actually makes me want to throw up. Pretty gnarly, huh? That makes me want to park. But so it was like, I go out to Kauai every year. I stay at my friend's place, so he's nice enough to let me stay there. And this year in particular, my my friend Jim, who uh, does filmmaking, he has like this crazy fancy red camera. He randomly hit me up. He says, dude, I really want to do something. And and uh, I was like, dude, I'm actually going out to Kauai. There's this famous hill climb, and I want to try to go get the KOM on it. It's like the king of the mountain, the fastest. Yeah, on Strava. Yeah, reported yeah. time. And I didn't get it, by the way. It was like way harder than I thought. But anyways, so I went out there and he says, we should, we should film, we should film it or do something. And it kind of turned into like this bigger project, which they always do. But when we came home, you know, we had done some interviews there and he had asked me, he's like, why do you do this? Because I was explaining to someone who doesn't cycle at all, 
he's like, oh, he's like, you cycle how long? And, you know, because a lot of these rides are like five hours. Like when I go to LA, it's like five, six hours. Yeah, I know. I see your Instagram stories and it, again, so, makes me want to barf. I don't know yeah. how you do that. But I think what people can't wrap their heads around, well, there's two things. Number one, they're like, how do you make money and work? Okay, how can you go do this, right? And then the second thing is like, why are you going to do that? And so Jim asked me about it when we were in Hawaii and I was kind of like, eh, I don't know, right? But then on the morning of the actual uh, attempt of Waimea Canyon, because I, I had done it a few times before he got there because he only came on like the last two days we were in Hawaii. And he was in the back of a car. My buddy was driving the car. I'm cycling up this mountain and there's no one out there. And it's just like peaceful, like so quiet. And you get all these different sceneries as you're going up the mountain. It starts kind of desert and then you go into more like fort. You think you're in Santa Cruz almost. And then you pop out and it's just like this crazy like waterfall. It's insane. But I just remember them following me up this mountain. Like after 10 minutes, like he's filming it. And like, yeah, like in your head, you're like, oh, I'm going to get badass clips. But then also I'm like, I told him this. I was like, I think I know the answer to that question now of like, why do I do it? I'm like, because it's the only time I get to be alone. I'm like, when you guys were filming, it was kind of just throwing me off my groove. Like I do this because I like to just go out and be alone. And obviously there's like the endorphin rush, you know, when after you feel like accomplished and I think, but it's mainly just being able to, <clears throat> because also too, like we're in a world where like everything, we're so inundated with so many things. If it's not social media, it's like people, you know, grabbing our attention or wanting our attention or our time. And it's just like, I feel like when I'm home, I'm like working and I'm doing something and something's taking my focus away. But when I'm cycling, I can't, I truly cannot check the phone. Most of the time I don't have service. I'm just biking up these crazy mountains. And that's why I'm like, okay, I'm not like, you know, depressed or anything but it's nice to be alone in a life where I feel like when I'm around people I almost have this I feel like I'm like on you know and then when I'm biking it's a recharge yeah I just feel like the world is really overstimulating and then I mean it's kind of the same thing when I go running and it's like why I feel like I'll just never be able to like just stop running altogether even if I'm like not good anymore but I just like I don't know I like going out and then it just it's it's, yeah, it's the, it's, I don't even know if it's alone is the right word. Yeah, maybe word. that's not the right It's like, I don't know. It's the only time where I feel like I don't think about anything. Like, the only thing I think about is just, like, me breathing and, like, moving forward. And I, like, listen to music and stuff. But I'm not, like, I don't know. I'm not going out on long runs and, like, thinking about my life, really, necessarily. I, it's, like, the, kind of the only time where my brain shuts off. Mm -hmm. And it's just kind of nice because I feel like it's just peaceful. Even if it's, like, a hard run. I don't know. It's just, like, peaceful to go out there and not... Like you said, just having people grab for your attention or whatever, or just your phone grabbing for your attention. Yeah. Yeah. So I kind of get it. I feel kind of like inspired too. Yeah. Like I feel like a lot of <clears throat> when I'm like, when I'm on the bike, you like in six hours, you can kind of experience like a whole, like a little mini lifetime. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause it's like you wake up and it, like every time I wake up, I'm usually when I'm doing like my big LA rides, it's like. 4 a.m. or 3.30 a.m. wake up and I'm like, oh, fuck, I don't want to do this really. So, right, so it's kind of like, okay, you're kind of like down, you know, in the valley. And then you then you go get a coffee and breakfast and it picks you up a little bit. You're like, I, I think I'm ready. 
And then I roll up to the spot around five and I start getting ready and it's cold out. I'm like, actually, I do not want to do this. <laughs> and then you get on the bike and you get like the first mile, two miles, 30 minutes goes by. You're like, this is going to be a long day. But it's like right when I hit like that first hour and a half, all of a sudden you feel, then things start to, you get in this like flow state. Time starts to go by a little faster. You start thinking about friends and family. You start thinking about things you have to look forward to that day or that week or just in the year. I start thinking about business endeavors, content. I start like, so, like all of a sudden, like, the, gear, like yeah. the gears start like turning and yeah. then I start, you know, putting the wires in the right places. And then I go back to something, whatever it is. And I feel like I can, you know, solve it a little quicker, work better. Yeah. So inspiration. Do you have any like, goals? <laughs> do you have any like goals or anything with with cycling? Just like, I don't know. Yeah, cycling, yeah. endurance, exercise. I think I look at my life in like little buckets, right? So I have like my training bucket, which is kind of just personal growth. And I just do it for personal reasons. And also too, I think it's like very on brand with what I'm doing. And that leads into me working with these brands. So like Hyper Ice I've been with for a while, Whoop and Plunge I just partnered with among some others. And I feel like my whole thing is I'm in, you know, I'm an athlete, everyday athlete. And to create content for them, I'm using personal anecdotes of my training to create user generated content for them to use. Mm -hmm. So like those things go hand in hand. That's kind of like my work, right? Yeah. And then I have like my personal stuff that I am just like, I just enjoy doing this. It'd be fun. Like what we talked about YouTube videos. And for me, that is like, okay, what? is this going to lead to? Because I don't want to just waste time making videos that, you know. But I feel like that especially has kind of started to pick up some steam. And with the YouTube, how can that, I'm like, okay, if this channel grows to X amount of subscribers or whatever, I'm like, I could actually make some really good money off this. And this could lead to more brand deals or whatever it is. So there's that bucket. And then I have the like long-term, like what am I working on? Like business. And I have so many things, you know, it's like, okay, like, could I make, maybe one day I make really cool <laughs> merch, <laughs> like shirts or something like that. And then you have, um, you know, one day do I, what if I land, like, let's say like a Red Bull contract and I'm working with them. And then I have things like, okay, I'm working on a, a, uh, a little business right now with a couple friends called Weekly Chaser. So there's that. So it's like, you know, I don't want to be doing, I don't want to be making content when I'm 35. Yeah. Like, I hope that this is like a couple year thing and then I kind of, it fizzles out and I'm still able to be partnered with these, these companies, but I'm walking into my own business that I've made sitting down at a desk and working on something else still related to the health and fitness space. Just not me getting in front of a camera and creating content, but like the YouTube thing would still be a thing. Yeah. It's like the long-term vision that I have. Yeah. That's and, good. Yeah. I feel like that's a very like practical approach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it is a lot to just be the front of like in front of the camera and just have it be me, 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 me. So I feel like I mean, you see it with all creators. I feel like they eventually go and do something else. Whether it's like YouTubers turning into podcasters or like I don't know, you just have to keep evolving. So I feel like yeah, whatever you do, it'll work out. I don't know if I could ever do a podcast though. I commend you for this. Why? I don't. I, I just feel like I'm not. I don't know. It'd just be tough. I mean, it is a lot. Yeah. I feel like people, yeah, they're like, let's start a podcast or whatever. And then if people like 
ask me if they should start a podcast, I like tell them very honestly, like it's a lot more work than I feel like people realize just in terms of like, I don't know, it depends on what your podcast is. Like if you have a co-host or if you're having people on, it's just like a lot of scheduling and then the editing just takes a long time. Um, yeah. And just like the planning, I don't know. It just all takes a lot longer than I th think people yeah. realize. And then you just have to be really consistent too. Yeah. Um, Which you have, I feel like ever since I met you at run club and then I was like, Oh, She's got like a big YouTube channel and yeah. podcast. Like you've been doing it consistently since. Yeah, there's been, especially with the podcast, there's been bouts of, uh, well, actually it's just been like the last like, year. Where's Emma? Well, I literally <laughs> took like a two month break this summer, especially. Yeah. And I've missed some weeks over the past year, but like, especially for the first two or so years of the podcast, I started in 2020. So like the first like two and a half years, I don't think I really missed a week. Yeah. So it's, but again, this is like my full-time job. So it just makes it a lot easier. Um, yeah, and I just, I also just really like doing the podcast. That's like the other thing is you have to really like what you do. Yeah. Because it makes it a lot easier to like be consistent with it. And I think my podcast out of everything is probably my favorite thing. Really? That I started. Yeah. Because I just like talking to people. <laughs> do you learn a lot from these? Yeah. Do you think back on certain episodes, like months down the road, you're like, oh yeah, and like think about things that people have said? Yeah. And I honestly feel like I've made the good friends from the podcast. Because yeah. it's like, how, how often are you really sitting down and like talking for an hour about just like learning about people yeah. I don't know I feel like a lot of people when you sit down at least for me it's like you're kind of talking about things that are like happening in your life currently or you're talking about other people like when you go to like brunch or something it's like you're talking about other people or you're talking about something that's like going on I just feel like it's I don't know you don't really have like deep conversations that often with like just kind of like acquaintances yeah. or strangers so I feel like that's what I like about it is I just like learn a lot about people and yeah there's like there's definitely certain episodes that I like look back on or like, I don't know, I finished the episode, I'm like, that was a great episode and stuff. Or I just like, I feel, it's like, I think after I do a podcast, it's just really fulfilling. Yeah. It's like one of the only things, especially like nowadays, just because I've been doing content creation for so long, it's like one of the only parts of my job that I find like super fulfilling. Because I just like talking to people and like learning about them. I would imagine too that it's because I feel like people have this... Um this urge to be a little more vulnerable on a podcast when there's a microphone or camera sitting in front of you, all of a sudden you're probably a little more careful with what you say. Yeah. Like you're not as unfiltered maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Unless I'm sure for you, you are cause you've done so many of them, but like maybe there's this need in people's head to want to share stuff that's actually of value. So yeah. they don't come across as just this person who's just blabbing about nonsense. Yeah. Also in, in the running world, like, cause my podcast is very running heavy. I mean, I have like certain people on like some triathletes or I don't know, other content creators, but like everything kind of ties back to running. And I think like other running podcasts are just so running focused where it's like, what workouts are you doing? Yeah. What, tell me, go through this race or whatever. And I definitely do that sometimes, but I feel like a lot of my episodes because like I care about running or whatever, but I just, I, I care about the people more than yeah. their like performances. So I feel like people just open up a little bit more or just like are more themselves. Like they're not as robotic on my podcast. And I think that's why like people like listening to my podcast is because it's not like a, what, what are your favorite workouts and what are you doing? Like yeah. people just open up a little bit more because it is more of a conversation. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. good to it. It sounds like you found your little, your niche. Yeah, I definitely have. Cause I feel like on, especially on YouTube, there's like, you can, you can make the same video about something, but like, if you tell someone, if you tell five people to make a video about the same thing, you'll see five different videos. Yeah. Like one person, like if you said like, make a video about getting better at running, you'd have the person like me who would be like, 
you know, get comfortable shoes, get a friend and like, just go for it. And then you'd have someone else who's probably like really analytical, like, well, you're going to want to run at base pace aerobic. And then they go experience. And there's people that love the, you know, like the information. Yeah. Which like when I watch videos, I'm kind of like, okay, skip. Yeah. I don't need like, you know, how many, what power you were pushing. It's just like, whatever. But, a lot of people love that, especially in the triathlon world. Very yeah, data, data yeah, heavy. Data. I'm not very data. I don't really care about the data. <laughs> sometimes I like it. And then yeah, I feel like you I do like, like the data. Yeah. You know, like in cycling, I like data. Mm -hmm. Like I'm like, okay, like what? Because it's like, again, going back to what we said about like, why is running not a spectator sport? I like data in cycling because I can wrap my head around it. Yeah. When someone's like pushing, you know, X amount of power, I'm like, damn. Yeah. For this long, I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Like you're like, that's gnarly. And I guess it's the same thing in running. I feel like if they put it into like running in the layman's terms of like, okay, Elliot Kipchoge ran a marathon in this long. People are like, okay. You're like, basically go to a treadmill next time you're at the gym, dial it to 13.1 miles an hour, and that's how long he ran for two hours. Well, that's what, that's what some of the marketing activations are at, like like road 5Ks and stuff. Yeah. Like they'll they'll have a treadmill set up running at that pace. And then, then, then people are flailing, trying to keep up. So it's like, yeah, that, and there's been some videos like on TikTok and stuff of people trying it or whatever. So I do, yeah, I think people just need to realize like, I don't know. <laughs> it's just, I don't know. Content. <laughs> um, I got off, I get us off track. Yeah, I know, but that's what this, this podcast is just always, like, it's always a mess. I never follow, like, I literally write out stuff, and then I oh, yeah. never follow any of it. Was there anything else on there? Let's see. Yeah, I have my little sheet here. Um, let's see. Do you ever get injured? You know, I I am for sure, 100%. But... Yeah, that's what someone asked. Someone asked is, how does your body not break um, with yeah. all the training that you do? <clears throat> so, if I'm being completely honest, the Calendar Club Challenge really... Is this like, should I, I was going to, can I curse on this podcast? Sure. Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say it really fucked me up because it was just too much. I feel like I didn't, I had been running a lot, but like running 540 miles in a month is just like terrible for your body. I you think. ran 540 miles in one month? Yeah. The last, the what? last, the last week I had to run 196 miles and I was like, how, what? Yeah. It was just like every day, every day, every day. Wait, you ran 196 miles in one week. Yeah. But the crazy, How? here's the crazy thing though. My buddy, Adam Kimball, who's a professional ultra marathoner. You should have him on this podcast. He'd be great. What's his name? Adam Kimball. He's super rad. Adam Kimball. Yeah. Right. One of my best Writing buds. that down. Yeah. I think he has the FKT around Tahoe Rim Trail. He took it from Killian Drenay. Mm -hmm. So some of your listeners, if they're runners. They yeah, they'll, they'll know. And then he, he's taken what, like top five at Western States, I'm pretty sure a couple times and he's doing bad water next year. Anyways, he, um, he did the transcontinental. He was trying to break the record and I think he was running 40, it was like 42 or 46 every day. So seven times four is 28, 200. Yeah. So he had, but I think he had a week, he said where he broke, he was like close to 400. Like it was something insane because he might have fallen behind. I don't know. But um, yeah, the point of me saying that was I did that calendar club challenge where you wake up like like March 1st was a mile. March 2nd was two miles. March 3rd was, you know, all the way to 31. And then I mixed in 
during that month, also like the David Goggins four by four by 48 challenge. Yeah. So that added, those are some bonus miles. So the whole month came out to 541 miles total, but it was like on day 26 on, I had to go back in these videos and look <clears throat> on day 26 on the inside. I started to get this just like, like, I think it was a stress fracture. <laughs> I know, I know my body pretty well to know like when something's wrong. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, and I never go to the doctor or like the hospital. I'm just like, nah, whatever. Like I always like, I'm like, my body will, you know, it'll buff out. <laughs> and like, Rub some dirt on it. <laughs> like my arm, I fell at the skate park one time and, and I, and I'm like, yeah, this thing's pretty bad. And I was like, I don't think it's broken though. And then I ended up like after a week and a half, someone was like, dude, just go to like, just go get an x-ray. And then I got an x-ray and they're like, dude, you broke your arm. <laughs> I was like, damn. So, so based on that, I'm like, this thing had to have had a stress fracture. I mean, now it's healed, you know, but it's like, that was like an injury. My knees from running, I haven't been running as much because my knees do hurt a bit. And I think that's from like, what's called loading my body way too much mm -hmm. with just like too much volume. Like I've had a, a lot of weeks in the past that have been like three to 500 miles of cycling. And I think it's just, your body's like, bro, chill out. So I'm trying to focus more on recovering and not like, you know, the Goggins mentality of, I think I used to be like that. Yeah, I don't think you Or I good. wanted to be like that. You know, it's like, well, why? Like, I, now I'm like, I really, like, when I have kids and, like, I want to be able to, I want to do this till I'm, like, as long as I can. You know, yeah, longevity. Don't, don't be running. <laughs> if you want longevity, I don't think you should be running 190 whatever miles a week. I don't think that's yeah. going to, that's not a key to success. I don't do that term. anymore. That's the, yeah. also, the cycling is a little more low impact. Yeah. But the injuries... Uh, I mean, I try to cope with them as best as I can. I just really try to like not overdo it anymore. Yeah. And especially if I'm, if I'm injured, I mean, for me, I feel like I kind of ease off the running a bit, increase the cycling. And I mean, I don't stretch, which is bad. You're almost 30. You really got to start stretching. I know I should. Yeah. That's how your back hurts. Yeah. Yeah. Core exercises and stretching is something that's going to be on my list of things to do when I turn. 30. Doesn't your whoop tell you to do that? Yeah. My whoop, it's kind of like, it's frustrating lately because it's like, I feel like I'm doing all the right things to get good recovery. And then I wake up and I'm still in the red. Like I cut out alcohol yeah. like four months ago. You know, that's a new thing. Sober King. Yep. That's part of, part of who I am now. I'm Do you like, feel better? Like, yeah. besides for the, okay, well, besides for like the whoop, then does it really matter? Yeah. That's like where data I feel like makes it worse, where it's like, even if you feel good, if, if you're waking up and it says that it's in the red, it's like, you're going to feel bad about yourself. That's yeah. That's how it is. Sometimes I'm yeah. like, how, like, I'm getting a bit early. I'm, I'm off social media. I'm doing this, this, and then I wake up and it's like red. I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? How? Sometimes I'm like, I think that's why I don't like data. Yeah. Oh, my dog's here. Oh, puppy. Um, but it's great when it's green. Cause then I feel good about myself. Yeah. But regardless, I feel good. And that's one of my biggest pieces of advice. If anyone's in sport and you want to feel better, stop drinking alcohol. There you go. <laughs> okay, well, I don't want to take up much people. <laughs> I talk to crazy. I don't want to take up any more of your time. But um, do you have any advice to your younger self? Um, advice to my younger self? I would say settle down a bit and think things through before you make a decision. Impulse can be great, and I think it can take you to cool places and lead you to some, you know, lead you to having cool experiences. But think through things a bit.
And that's pretty much it. I mean, I feel like I've always been a yes man mm-hmm. and just gone for things. And I would say continue to, uh, if you do, I, I, there's this quote, anything worth doing is worth overdoing. So if you're going to do something, just immerse yourself in it and just go at it 110%. Because then at least you know if you don't like it, you gave it a fair chance. Yeah. Just go for it. There you go. Yeah. I think you live that mentality, so that's I good. hope. Yeah. <laughs> um, where can people follow you if they don't follow you already? Oh, they can follow me on <laughs> Instagram. It's just Alec. Really, no. Nice. And, um, and, and I have a YouTube channel, too, which is... You know, I, I enjoy those videos, so if you want to follow me there, too, you can. And if you want to see running shoe reviews, go on my TikTok. Oh, there you are. I saw you follow me back the other day. Thanks for the follow. All right, Alec, thanks for joining me. This was a great episode. I feel like we went on 40 different tangents, but I think we covered a lot of good topics. Um, I enjoyed it. To close out the episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? Peace out, fellas. Thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode of Comments Over Cold Brew. One of the few in-person episodes I've been able to have, which is pretty awesome. Um, sorry, it was a little bit chaotic at the end. My boyfriend came in with my dog, and yeah, but this episode was great. It went on, uh, it went in a lot of different directions, but I hope you guys enjoyed learning a little bit more about Alec and just hearing our little tangents. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Commas Over Cold Brew Pod if you want to be up to date on the latest episodes and submit listener questions. Also, if you rate and review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, literally, it means the world. I love reading your guys' reviews. Many fun episodes coming up, so keep staying tuned. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I will catch you all next week. Peace out, fellas. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.